One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Quote Today. Quote Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Quote's greatest hits. C103. And good morning. Welcome to Friday's Cork Today, uh, JP. Until one, Bernie standing by taking your comments right now on 0818103103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And ahead on this morning's show, we're going to hear, and we always do hear sometimes about bad landlords and indeed bad tenants. Well, this morning, an example of a bad tenant and the state an apartment was left in after this person left. And then when the agent acting on behalf of the landlord came in the condition they found the apartment in that story underway very shortly also why the Irish Foster Care Association are calling for increased financial supports and better structures to assist those who provide homes for vulnerable children uh, foster carers do such great work right across the country I know some myself and they have uh, given some children basically a new lease of life and some really want to stay with them and sometimes the foster depending on the situation they can actually end up adopting but not all the time and the heartbreak is when the child has to leave and go back to wherever they go to but anyhow on everything else that goes with uh, fostering a child there is financial strains on the foster parents and foster carers and with everything going on with the cost of living uh, they are looking for more support we'll speak with them on the programme this morning and this Sunday is World Suicide Prevention Day and we're going to hear from a person who lost her brother and then her son to suicide and why she is organising an event on uh, this coming Sunday, but also why she feels more supports should be available in many rural areas also, she feels. But apart from that, why people need to talk and keep talking. Uh, we'll speak with that lady later in the programme. On the Rs2 Protect series, we're going to learn about the product footprint of electronic devices and how it's cheaper and sustainable to buy second-hand electronics. And we're going to hear also later on in the programme about the naming of the Cormac Sherry Arnali new lifeboat that takes place tomorrow in Cormac along with our movie review with Mark Dashamore to come as I said lines open you can email across the show as well corktoday at c103.ie but while I was talking to Ken uh, earlier there on the preview of the show, I just mentioned about sunsets when I was driving along the City Keys last night, along Horgan's Quay, the beautiful sun shining off the old Odlums building there. And then you had the brand new glass buildings on the Keys and the South and North Docks in the city centre. And the sun just uh, uh, reflecting off them, it just made a beautiful sight. And that led to Elaine sending in a fantastic picture. And this was a picture she took last night on the beach in Cork McSherry. Uh, 
they were in Cork Mac rowing and it's just the sun setting and Cork Mac is always a fabulous spot uh, it's just the location of Cork Mac journey for sunsets but it's the sun setting over Cork Mac reflecting off the sea and all the boats and people out enjoying themselves and it's just a fabulous fabulous photo so Elaine thank you for that and I think we'll expect more of those sunsets and sunrises beautiful at either time of the day whatever you can see early in the morning or indeed late in the evening uh, and they will continue for the next while because even though temperatures are due to drop from tomorrow overall the weather is to remain good a few changes earlier on next week but overall it's going to remain good and warm but not as warm as it is and sunny as well so we'll have to wait and see and something else this morning that we are looking for and this is a survey done over the last week and it's basically on our childhood pleasures, our simple pleasures we had during our childhood that many people would have enjoyed either in the 80s, the 90s or the noughties. It could be uh, recording the top 40 from radio. It could be watching Top of the Pops. It could be buying cassettes. Uh, some people were writing letters and having pen pals. All of that before digital technology changed our lives forever and did so uh, very, very fast. Uh, if you think back up to 15, 20 years ago, there more or less was no social media. Bebo was the first and that was in around 2006, 2007. Uh, it kind of really established itself. Uh, but up to then, nothing really took off from a social media point of view and technology was still developing, but it developed at a huge pace over the last 15 years. Things we thought we could not do happened in a matter of months and not years. Uh, so what is your, uh, as a child, uh, your greatest memory, something you could wish you could still do now uh, that maybe you don't do anymore or maybe your favourite way of writing to someone was it did you have a pin pal uh, do you still have a pin pal map reading I mean now we all just go on our phones and go on Google Maps the art of map reading is probably gone house phones are well they still are in some homes but many people have chosen not to have a house phone anymore and then TV shows I mentioned Top of the Pops other TV shows you may have watched and loved and maybe you want to watch again and like Ken does Ken uh, on our breakfast show who would go and regularly watch old TV and radio shows and brings back nostalgia to him do you do the same uh, let us know your memories of what you could do now as a child today that you could have done from the 80s and 90s bringing that to today or TV shows even you wanted to watch today that were huge in the 90s or in the 80s or in the noughties uh, let us know uh, text or WhatsApp 0862103103 uh, but news this morning coming and this will be welcome news for many people because a lot of uh, people that contact us regarding abandoned uh, homes or buildings in villages or towns or in our city streets. Uh, this will be welcome news because up to 60,000 vacant homes, they're going to be subject now to a new tax from the start of November as the government tries to make more properties available for sale or indeed for rent. Uh, it's called the vacant homes tax, which they did mention. Now, though, this tax is going to be charged at a rate of three times the base of the local property tax. So this would mean a house valued at 300,000 euros for property tax would attract a vacant home tax of 945 euros if unoccupied. It's hoped that this will make those who own those vacant buildings and vacant homes to go and do them up and house people in them or sell them off or do something that they can be used to house people 
And then I suppose well, if they don't, they'll have to pay the tax. But the big thing that we'll hear from a lot of those who contact us and even a lot of local authorities is there are some biddlings there is trying to find who owns it. They've been derelict for so, so long. Uh, no one can track down the owners. They may know who owns it, but no one knows where the owner is. And that can be a problem as well. And uh, this is a, a, serious, a serious problem. And I think anybody who has a loved one within a nursing home uh, reading this this morning would be a worry. It's making the Irish Times, but this is how residents in several nursing homes have had their personal money mismanaged by staff. And there's a number of instances where money uh, was not, first of all, immediately returned to the resident's estate after death. And this is all, by the way, according to latest reports, uh, the, the latest information coming from the Health Information and Quality Authority, HICWA. Uh, the batch of their 50 inspection reports, which was published yesterday by HICWA, show money belonging to someone in a nursing home, nursing home residents, that money was paid into the nursing home's current account, while in other cases, the residents were not able to access their own cash at weekends. HICWA also found levels of non-compliance with regulations in 19 of the 50 centres they looked at, including breaches of rules on governance and indeed management, uh, premises breaches, there was residential rights breaches, fire precautions, infection control, uh, records not being kept properly, also individual assessments and clear plans, plans even and protection and not dealt with in a proper manner. And just 17 of the 50 centres inspected earlier this year were either fully compliant or substantially compliant with regulations and in general were found to be meeting residents' needs. But I think the big one that many would worry about is the fact that residents within the home their own personal money for some reason being lodged uh, into a current account within the nursing home but also that residents who had cash were not able to access that cash at the weekend. You really would question why people would do that or even not let them have cash or or access to their own cash uh, while they're within a nursing home. Anyhow, uh, that has been looked at and been investigated by HICWA. And I don't have to tell you, if you go along to any supermarket, the price of goods and groceries is increasing and consumer goods rose a further 6.3% in the year to the end of August. Uh, figures are showing uh, yesterday with inflation basically is showing no sign of abating. If you have or are going out to buy, for example, a white sliced pan, well, that has gone up by 4 cents to one six. For example, spaghetti, a 500 gram bag of spaghetti, uh, up 16 cents to 148. And then if you're buying your full fat milk, that also going up as we're aware of, even though there was reports that that was decreasing uh, on the research, it's gone up 11 cents to 2 euros and 19 cents. Uh, eggs, do you like your eggs? Well, a dozen large eggs, and I've noticed this myself, they have increased up 31 cents to 2 euros and 22. And then cheddar cheese, if you want your Irish cheese, well, if you're buying Buying a one kilogram bag uh, that has gone up to ten euros and sixty one cent, up sixty three cents. So exactly things are on the increase, and I think we're all aware of that when we go shopping and go to the till and then realise how much everything has gone up and why they. We look at them here and we see they go up by eleven cent or sixty three cent or seventy cents. They have been increasing uh, by various amounts over the last two to three years. But if you have a full trolley of shopping, all those sixty cents and thirty cents all add up, and they add up to well. 
over 100, 200 or 300 euros depending on the size of your family and who you are shopping for. And if you're out and about, then no surprise that the pint of stout has increased from August last year to August this year, up 40 cents to 5 euros 54. That is on average, depends where you go. It can be a lot dearer uh, depending where you are out and about. And lager uh, for the same has gone up 44 cents uh, this year, average again of 5 euros 99 cents. But it all depends where you are shopping. Some of uh, what we are seeing regarding groceries and increases over uh, the last number of months. Uh, but this is looking back from last year to this year. But again, you know, if you go shopping, you don't need us or a survey to tell you that. Lines open 0818103103. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Court today on C103. We always hear of good and bad tenants and good and bad landlords. Well, this is a story from the rental sector. Seamus joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Seamus. Good morning, Debbie. How are things? I'm fine. And for yourself, first of all, you work for a company that rents out apartments, haven't I right? That is correct, yes, and there is isn't. And some are rented out to council tenants. Yes, that is correct, yeah. And within and this, are these people availing of the HAP scheme? Exactly. Yes, there would be, there would be the council tenants through HAP. Now, you joined us before with an apartment that basically was more or less destroyed. And uh, some people may have remembered this from a few years ago. You had to foot the bill yourself as a company for that apartment. That and you've been caught again. That is correct. Yeah. Well, this time now, like two years ago, we, put, we spent 6000 in this apartment. And now we're looking at probably at about 10000 for the same apartment to be put back on the market again to try and get it ready again to, to be rented out. €10,000? Yes. Yes. That's a huge yes. amount of money. Uh, just explain, so th- this is an apartment that y- your company you're working for, this was rented out on behalf of the company to the council under the HAP scheme, so the council then choose the tenant, am I right? And then the tenant okay. moves into that house. Yes. yes, and the council puts that tenant into that house. So and you would hope the council have a good knowledge of the tenant? Exactly. And and, 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 and and furthermore, that the council, like if, like the way it should be, is that there was apartments, when a tenant gives it up, or if a tenant um, refused to pay their rent or whatever, that it would be handed back to the landlord in the same condition as it's rented out. Of course, and that would be the yeah. normal expectation for many who rents a home or indeed a room in a home or whatever it is. You have sent yeah. us pictures in via WhatsApp of the condition of this yeah. apartment when you yeah. got to view it. Just take us back. You didn't see this apartment for a number of years, I would take it. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. did you get to the situation whereby you got access? Well, about two weeks ago, it was brought to my attention that the ambulance and the fire brigade and the guardie were called to this apartment. And the lady in, in, in particular that's renting it was, was removed by the guard and the ambulance and the fire brigade. Now, to gain access, they had to burst in a window to get access into it. And then the guard came back a day or two later and they boarded up the window. Now, I then was up there about a couple of days later and I had to get a window crowd out to repair that window. And when he came... I said to him, well, you may as well do the lock on the door now as well and turn, we can turn the key in it. And when we <laughs> took the timber off the window, there was blue bottles that came out of that apartment as big as butterflies, not exaggerating, as big as butterflies. So I, I took it upon myself then and one of my workmen to have a look 
and seized the state of this apartment. And I nearly had a bloody seizure when I seen the condition of it inside. Now, I understand now why we had a council inspection about three or three and a half months ago. And when the council inspector came, she refused him access to that property with myself. And, when, and now I know why. Because she had two whippets, which are a breed of greyhounds, inside in a one-bedroom apartment. And when they'd go away for a week, maybe, and these dogs tied in or locked into these apartments, the doors were eaten, you know, a third of the way up the door. There is no door at all there. And, and these are pine doors, completely destroyed. And are there rules, Seamus, under the renting of these apartments where they are allowed pets or not allowed pets? They are not allowed pets under contract. But still pets were brought into these apartments. Exactly. And there's two or three more tenants, council tenants there, that that I I got the company to forward them letters, which the company sent to myself, and I hand-delivered them to make sure that they got them. And I handed them out to the other two or three tenants there with dogs inside in the apartment. And... They give you the two fingers. It's as simple as that. They give you the two fingers. So when you tell them they're not allowed to have pets, and even during an inspection, uh, you get no satisfaction whatsoever when you see the pets. Exactly. And I got the dog warden. I got the dog warden out there. And the dog warden couldn't do nothing about it either because they said the dogs are in good health. But forget about the apartment being in any, any condition. But like, so long as the dog is in good health, they wash their hands of it in as well. So... It, it really and truly, it, it's boiling down to, you know, that we have no other choice, only give all council tenants that, that they occupy apartments land to us 28 days' notice to vacate the properties because there is no way in the world are we going to tolerate it or stand by putting 10,000 in when you're getting about 5,000 a year in rent. And are you saying all council tenants that you want them out? Out? That's, that, it's as simple as that. If the council... If the council wash their hands of this, we have no other choice because we can't keep pumping money into these and these people having no respect for them. So we, have, we will have no other choice, only get rid of council tenants. Are you not tarring them all with the one brush? Well, well, I'll tell you why now, because those are the three tenants that got the letters to get rid of their pets are treating us in the same way as this person treated us in this apartment. And when the council send them a letter and you get the same letter to inspect the apartments, you're saying yeah. in this instance they were told yeah. to go away and I, I don't know, are they okay. legally allowed not to go in when it, it actually is uh, the council that are renting it really off you what, what, and the what, person what, is just g- getting the scheme from the council yeah. if, if you work at it that way. But also are they allowed to do that? Well, this is the thing. Like when you go knock at the door, they will tell you to F off, it's my house. It's my home. It's my apartment. But technically, they're renting, so it's exactly. not officially theirs. Exactly. Exactly. But, but you see, the thing about it is that the PRTB board and Threshold and every other housing body like that and, 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 and government body are 100% behind the tenant. Forget about the landlord. So there's no rule you'll feel for the landlord. It's all on the tenant side. Exactly. 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 Even though we pay, we pay the contribution for each apartment for the tenant. We pay the 60 euro, the 40 euro, whatever, per annum for those apartments. And they represent the tenant. But that's 60 euro. What is that for when you say contribution? 
it's, it's, it's to the PRTV board, which is the okay, final yeah. rental tenancy board. So you feel, from a landlord's point of view, there is no support from either the government or any of the housing agencies. And like, I would have rented myself, Seamus, over the years, yeah. and we would have had yeah. inspections, and you would have the house ready for the inspection. Uh, yeah. But it would have been a very different situation. It would have been through an agency. It would have been a private landlord, and we were private renters. Uh, this is a different situation when you're dealing with public bodies here. Uh, and it seems a different level of respect on this one. The pictures you've sent in to us, I mean, it's hard to describe them in total, but there's rubbish everywhere. The toilet looks like it hasn't been cleaned in a number of years. You can see the damage done to the window and I could go on and on about the filth of the apartments and the beds and everything. The council obviously have seen these. You've sent them to the council. Well, I I brought the council inspector out last Monday morning and took him in and he took the same photographs as I took myself. And he, he went back to the county hall in Cork, or Cork City Council, and, and, and he kept rang me back at evening and said, sorry, there's nothing the council is going to do about this. It's down to you and the, and, and, and the tenant. Surely they have responsibility to, as I said at the start, check out the tenant, make sure they're worthy yes. and that they'll be responsible. And then if yes. they're not, it should fall back on them, but obviously it's not going to. The cost is going back to you. Exactly. And, and keeps coming back to us at all times. And keeps coming back to us. Like if you hire out a motor car and you damage the motor car, you take it back to the, 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 the hiring house, you pay for it. It's as simple as that. Surely be the God that, that if you give somebody some, a, a property in good repair, you expect it back in the same repair. Yeah, and majority of people who rent are in that mindset, but obviously yeah. the few that cause the damage yeah. can give everybody a bad name and that can go yeah. for landlords too yeah. the few bad landlords can give everybody a bad name it works exactly. in both ways I suppose but yeah. I mean yeah. you've said now you're, you're not going to take on any new council tenants no, 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 and no, no, the no, ones you have no. are going to be given notice that is, that is what we have come up with now from, from my bosses from my office they have told me to issue letters to the remaining council tenants and get them to vacate the properties and we'll board them up if necessary, or we will rent them out to private tenants. Isn't it sad, though, the way the council are crying out for properties and for looking for homes and apartments for, to rent for people who are on the housing list, but yet now yeah. you're in this situation where you're going to board up your house simply because exactly. of what has happened to you? Exactly. Like you're talking 14 or 15 or 16 more people are going to be homeless. And private renters, I mean, you would deal with them then directly, Seamus, if they had oh, good I references. Have, yes, I have, I have private renters and, and, and good renters. Now, I'm not saying that all council tenants are, are bad. I have good council tenants, but unfortunately, unfortunately, this will leave us with no other choice. Like, you can't pick and choose. So, you know, you've got to give them all their notice or you give none of them their notice. So it's the bad simple. are ruining it for the good when it comes exactly. to council tenants. Exactly. Exactly. And yes. those private renters, then we get many of them who are looking to downsize and go to a smaller a house or apartment. They would love to rent off yourselves. So if someone with like that approached you with a good reference, you'd be happy enough. Oh, yes, definitely. Or, or, or maybe Ukrainians, or even the Ukrainians, you know, we might think about, about renting out to the Ukrainians. And that will go through local authority as well, doesn't it? Well, well, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm quite sure it would be a different scenario. Like, 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 you know, if the council came up and held their hands up and said, look, let's be let's, let's you know, halfway and say, look, we'll cover so much, you cover the rest. We'll, we'll, we'll give you so much to put, put the material, pad it back, and he paint it. That's no, I, I'd have no problem with that. 
but to wash their hands of it and say, nothing to do with us, this is between the landlord and the tenant. So why, why should we have council inspections if, there's no, if it's nothing to do with the council? And will you also review your policy now regarding HAP? There will be no more HAP to tenants. So any private renters that avail of HAP as well, you won't take them on? Exactly. And are you fearful then that people that go around doing this, that get an apartment from a council, uh, go and ruin that apartment, will then be moved on, will get an apartment again from somebody else and that apartment will get ruined? It has happened. We've heard from the UK, from people in various cities in the UK who have lived in that apartment for two years, destroyed that apartment. The council then moved them on. The same thing happens and they just kept being moved on and moved on. Yeah, and, and, and that's what's happening. Now they'll go back to the city council or, or to the county hall, or to Annabelle and Mallow, or whatever council office, and they will go in and they'll plead their case, and they'll, 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 they'll hand them a set of keys, or they'll give them the name of another, another landlord, and they, they'll, they'll go in unsuspected to the new landlord, and in 12 months' time or 18 months' time, the same thing is going to happen to their property. In this situation happened. then, Seamus, what happens though with regards to this person that's renting off you via the council, if they were taken away and if they do come back to the property, which they have a contract for that property with the council, can you yes. deny them or will there be implications for you? I, will, I, I can deny them for the simple reason that I had received a letter from HAP that our payment was going to be stopped because these people weren't paying their rent back to the council. So you had the authority to do that then? I have the authority then, yeah, exactly. You know, even even while while the, the enforcement was in, you know, the, 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 the banning law was in, you could still evict a tenant on those grounds if they don't pay their rent, you know? Well, it's a warning, certainly, Seamus, to other landlords out there who are considering various options to rent out a house or an apartment. It it certainly is a warning, and certainly the pictures you've sent in would discuss to any person who would look at them. Uh, For the moment, Seamus, I have to leave it there. The very best of luck to you in the future with all your housing. Yes, thank you very, very much. Thank you. There's Seamus joining us on 0818103103 on what he said. Your views are welcome. You can email Cork today at c103.ie or send a comment to us via the C103 app. Cork today on C103. An organisation which represents foster carers is calling for increased financial supports and better structures to assist those providing homes for vulnerable children. The Irish Foster Care Association CEO is Roisin Clark and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Roisin. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I mean, your organisation feels the system has been damaged by years of underinvestment and also a lack of coordinated policies. You're absolutely correct, John Paul. At foster care, it's a vital, it's a cost-effective alternative for vulnerable children. A far better placement, I think, we can all acknowledge rather than a B&B or an unregulated hotel place. And I think years of 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 neglect and poor policy decisions have led us now to a place where. The government have to acknowledge that our care system is veering into crisis. We have foster carers, our members telling us about the struggles and the challenges that they're facing in maintaining placements um, due to the, 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 the lack of supports and um, the financial difficulties that they're experiencing. And you're calling for the allowance, first of all, to be increased. What are the current rates for, for this allowance? 
Look, the allowance hasn't been increased since 2009, which I think when you take that in the context, not only of inflation, but of of the cost of living crisis as well, is it just really beggars belief. So the current allowance is 325 a week uh, for a child under 12 and 350 for a child over 12. And we've spoken to many foster carers over the years, and I know some myself, and while they don't do it for the money, still they have to pay for you know, the school trips, the way of travel, that could be a sport event in the evening they have to go to or, or pay for a club membership. But on top of that, they still have their own uh, bills, like the mortgages and the energy bills and everything else, and they have all increased over the last two to three years. That's absolutely correct. And the resounding voice from our memberships, this, look, we do not foster children for is that there is a huge expense on foster carers to enable, you know, doing all the things that you mentioned, the extra trips, all the other things that we know come along with with with, with caring for children and, and their, their appointments and their sports, their extracurricular activities and so on. And currently foster carers have to absorb the mileage costs for distances of up to 150 kilometres per child. So we're asking that um, that excess mileage charges is removed and that travel expenses are calculated based on the actual distances that are travelled by each foster care. And you mentioned there regarding the care system in Ireland. I mean, I would know people personally who have been through the care system who, uh, for one reason or another, were fosters. Some over the years stayed with their foster parents for many, many years. Some actually were adopted, but some were with them for, for many, many years. And they always say if it wasn't for that foster carer or foster parent, as we say, their life would have been totally different. So having this facility, having this option in Ireland for people to foster, if that wasn't there, as you mentioned, they'd be in care homes, they could be living in hostels, depending on their age, and they'd have a very, very different outlook on their current life. I mean, the sector, is there adequate carers? And if they hear this going on, then it's not going to win people to get into the system. Well, you see, I think you've actually hit on, on the core of it there, John Paul. Foster care placement is the best care placement for a child. Foster carers open up their home and they provide a loving and a nurturing environment for children who obviously in many cases have experienced extremely adverse circumstances. They're at the heart of the care system and they do change lives. We need to look after the Irish foster carers that are doing this, providing this crucial service to the state, which is what it is. But because because of the lack of action on behalf of the government, because of the deficit of supports, and some of the ones that we're speaking about today, it's 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 only part of it, you know. But because of that, foster carers are struggling to stay in the system. We've had nearly fifty um, percent of respondents to our national survey disclosed that they have contemplated discontinuing foster care due to the the financial constraints. And therefore, it's it's very difficult to retain foster carers in those circumstances and consequently then to encourage people to to join foster care. So we're, we're really calling on government to take action. They've been neglected. They've been left out. the positive benefit of a foster care placement for your child in care. And the government has a responsibility to both the children and the foster carers that open their homes and their hearts.
And while you mentioned there about all the various costs, I just a few minutes ago was talking about the increased cost of groceries. I mean, if, they, if you are fostering a teen, you will be knowing full well uh, the amount of food you'll be purchasing mm-hmm. or indeed a younger child. It all does add up. And that's why we're speaking. And you're looking for uh, the, first of all, the increase in financial supports, but also a, a better structure system for fostering. Uh, while this is all to do with the child, something that I touched on there regarding hostels, and I see a few texts have come in. Does that happen in Ireland? I don't have a friend of mine who's a teacher in the UK and it would be secondary level and if they have a child for one reason or another has to leave a home or is kicked out of a home there is certain hostels which take in people in who's age 15, 16, 17 and they're kind of monitored I suppose in that hostel have we that type of system here if there is no foster care available? I suppose the, the Irish Foster Care Association, we're directly sort of working with foster carers and we're, we're not engaged with the residential um, care system uh, directly. But anecdotally, as, as you say, you know, if, when you can't have a child put in an adequate foster care placement, then, you know, the state obviously put in place alternative or other care arrangements, John Paul. Yeah, OK. And that would, yeah, that, that, that would be something similar to that. And that's why it's better mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. no disrespect that a hospital but it is better uh, for the, the students and I know from, from teachers in the UK they would rather them go to a foster system uh, rather than those hostels and again no disrespect to the hostel but they feel they may get better care in a foster situation Absolutely. Uh, and I am aware yeah. of teachers we sh- sometimes not all the time but sometimes at a last resort they call it breaking the glass they'll bring the student home to their home if they're allowed to do so so that they can get a, a better care for a few days until things get better uh, from a fostering point of view it's a still our foster care for them who, who take in a child still very hard uh, to let the child go depending on the circumstances when the child goes back uh, that that's something that never gets easier for foster carers I would say Correct. Yeah. But as I said, I suppose when you a foster carer brings a child into their home they become part of the family mm. So, you know it's it's what, what they do, the dedication and, and, and the, what our foster carers cope with and deal with and, and in, you know, including the, the going into it, knowing that a child could move on. It's, it's, it's really so admirable, you know, and, and so challenging. And they absolutely deserve to be recognised for the work that they're doing and the impact that they're having on children's lives. Totally, indeed, totally. Well, for the moment, I know you're getting political support in various councils across the country on this. So hopefully something will be yes. done for the sector. But thanks for joining us this morning, Roisin. Thank you, John Paul. Take care. That is Roisin Clark there, who is CEO of the Irish Foster Care Association. It's Cork Today until 1JP with you. Bernie taking your calls and comments on 0818 103 103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Coming up, we're going to speak with a lady as it is on this coming Sunday, World Suicide Prevention Day. Uh, this uh, lady lost her brother and her son to suicide. She talks on why she is organising an event on Sunday, but also on why it's important to talk and why we need more services for people when it comes to mental health issues. Also, on the RS2 Protect series, we're going to learn about the product footprint of electronic devices and how it's cheaper and more sustainable to buy second-hand electronics. And later in the programme, we'll also be going to Court Max Jury and hearing about the naming ceremony, which is going to be held there tomorrow on the new lifeboat for Court Max Jury and the great work of the Arnold Eye. That and much more to come here at C103. Lines open, as I said, you 
can email as well corktoday at c103.ie uh, we spoke with Seamus uh, before 11 o'clock Seamus uh, runs and manages a number of apartments for an agency so technically more or less he's type of a landlord uh, working on behalf of an agency he told us the story he sent us photos of an apartment which was just totally destroyed it was a council tenant uh, availing of HAP via the council uh, the council chose the tenant and then they uh, gave the property over but the property was destroyed uh, he's unhappy it's going to cost about 10,000 euros to uh, have the property redone to its former standards and the standard it should be expected to be in on that and a big reaction to this first of all uh, somebody here on WhatsApp says, easy come, easy go. I have to work hard to pay for my mortgage. I don't blame Seamus on what he is saying. Some people have zero respect and expect everything uh, for nothing. There's a lack of respect when it comes to things like this. But you've got to blame the policies of the councils. Their policies should be updated, even if a bad tenant was banned for some time with some kind of warning. So a lot of blame going on the council and their records and putting people into those properties maybe knowing that they're not good tenants and then moving on them on to somewhere else and another person on text saying well done to Seamus for speaking up on this uh, this person and we're sorry to hear this uh, this person on text says I lost a brother to suicide with a lot more consequences because of what this texter says scumbags like that man is talking about unable to pay his loans because he could not collect his rent property then left in ruins and unable to pay his mortgage because of these people and then he gets a letter on Christmas Eve that his own house was going to be repossessed because he could not pay his own mortgage and all of this was because the rent wasn't coming in from the house or houses he had let out not one bit of help from anyone so to all your listeners this texture says who keep mouthing on about landlords being loaded get your facts right it's nobody's job but yours to put a house over your head learn responsibility the hell our family has gone through I hope all landlords get rid of HAP and council tenants says this person on text to 0862103103 staying on this subject somebody else here saying I'm a very respectful tenant and all my neighbours have dogs but it's not the dogs are the problem it's the disrespectful tenants that destroy the house and then make the good tenants suffer Uh, dogs should be living in houses and some landlords do not care either about houses but no one would tolerate this bad behaviour and no other country uh, this person feels would tolerate this bad behaviour that goes on. Uh, Some of your calls and comments in relation to our conversation with Seamus and bad tenants basically who go in rent a property and then destroy a property your stories are welcome you can email corktoday at c103.ie and then an event that's going ahead I think it's this weekend it's the Liam Lynch commemoration uh, there's two events one in Anglesborough the birthplace of General Liam Lynch and then another event will take place in Formoy across the weekend but uh, Morris has been in touch Mara isn't very happy uh, with what's happening from the Formoy aspect of the commemoration he feels it's disgraceful of Fianna Fáil bringing Bertie Hearn to the Liam Lynch event this year uh, Morris says this is a man who helped break the country and done well out of it himself may I add says Morris he says shame on the councillors for asking him it just shows how everyone is 
trying to continue to bluff people. It will be more in their line to enforce the law on the landowners and to cut the hedgerows. And this is uh, how the former Taoiseach, Bertie Hearn, will be delivering the oration in Formoy as part of that schedule across the weekend for the Liam Lynch commemoration. But uh, Morris isn't happy that they have invited Uh, him, the Bertie Hearn that is, to the event. And even though he's welcome back into Fianna Fáil, he was attending events in Kildare and Dublin over the last number of months. This is one that I'm not too sure officially who asked him. Morris is saying the councillor has asked him. I don't know who actually uh, physically asked him, but whoever did anyhow, Morris is not happy uh, that Bertie will be in Formoy uh, this weekend. Uh, the carers, we spoke with the Irish Foster Carers Association. They're looking for more increased support financially and indeed better structures for those foster carers who do so much uh, work with the vulnerable children right across the country. Uh, and foster parents who we have spoken to over the years, the majority of them do this for the love of the child, not really for Money, but they still need to keep the bills paid and to be able to bring that child to sporting events and pay for school costs and everything. So this is why they're looking for the extra supports, but not just financially, better structures as well to assist uh, with providing homes for those children who do need homes. Uh, somebody here saying, while the majority of carers are great, what about accountability in the sector? Is there any? There are many cases of abuse that are not dealt with. And yeah, and that can be said for any of our caring situation. I mean, I spoke there earlier about regarding the nursing home sector and how what is basically money being taken from residents within the nursing home or residents not being allowed access their cash. Uh, one instance was residents not being allowed to get their cash at the weekend. So uh, you're right, there is, but it's across the caring uh, as a whole. And like the earlier call from Seamus regarding tenants in every sector, you'll have good and you'll have bad and you'll always have that. And it's going to be very hard to weigh that out. But there is good there, a lot of good. But the, uh, the, the few bad can ruin it for everybody. On high prices, which we spoke about earlier regarding grocery prices, Uh, Michael has been in contact with us and a number of people as well and this is first of all on the electricity well some of the electricity prices will go down if you're with Electric Ireland uh, they have said they will reduce uh, their electricity prices but Michael uh, on WhatsApp says what Electric Ireland are offering and which Michael says is a measly 10% reduction on our bills in November he feels it's an insult especially with the massive profits they are making on the back of the humble consumer Uh, the government will still perhaps offer more help to consumers but that should not happen because the companies are making untold sums in profit and will continue to make this until such a time that the government step in and say enough is enough. There should be an immediate ministerial order to control the price of electricity, gas and fuel. Enough is enough, says Michael. Should that not happen, our TDs should force a dull vote calling on the government to make a ministerial order before the winter sets in and when elderly people will need to use excess heat and with sky high prices will be afraid to do so, which could have serious medical conditions and effects also says Michael in Castletown Bear on WhatsApp to 0862103103 yeah you're right Michael we have heard from people last year we've heard stories uh, people wrapping themselves in blankets going to bed at 7 o'clock getting on trains during the day and buses to keep themselves warm you don't want that again this winter and something should be done when the profits are high and while they are making cuts even uh, yesterday evening on Taoiseach Leif Radker is saying it's not enough uh, He he's warned the energy companies that they must do more to help help the cash-strapped households as companies begin to, what he said is drip-feed small price cuts to their uh, customers. More needs to be done. Uh, Thank you, Michael, for your WhatsApp. Let's stay on that. I mentioned groceries. A voice note in regarding the cost of groceries and what maybe should be done. 
Good morning, John Paul. I'm listening to you there about the increase of the cost of everything. And the government have been bringing in the bigger supermarkets and the bigger suppliers and asking them to, you know, to rein in the prices. But how can they when the has gone up so much? But in 2008, the government in, um, increased the VAT from 21 to 23% on a temporary measure to help the country out after we bailed out the banks. Why don't they put it back down to 21 that's a very good point. And there's a lot of temporary measures that were introduced during that time. For example, the USC, that was also introduced and uh, we still are paying that. And that higher rate of that, 21% to 23 Very good point indeed. Uh, thank you for your voice note uh, to 086 103 You can send your voice notes to that number if you do wish to uh, send a voice note. Please do. We'll air that. Maybe it's better to have you saying your comment rather than me saying it. So feel free to send your voice notes in to us. Uh, now, also, we spoke earlier regarding memories and how people have memories of recording these are childhood memories by the way recording the top 40 watching top of the pops or maybe buying cassettes just some of your simple childhood memories uh, that you have from the 80s 90s and indeed from the noughties and a lot of people are recollecting and remembering over the years what they have great childhood memories from and what I mentioned there because some people do um, and still do. I, I mentioned about writing letters and having pin pals. Uh, some people still do that and still write letters and pin pals and a lovely uh, note in and this is from Joan who says I still to this day uh, go along and write uh, to a pin pal. We email now but it's just fantastic that we still do this. We're doing it for years. Also Jackie's a new two-pot house. She says in the 70s when I was 15 I got a pin pal from the US. I loved writing long letters to her. I am happy to say that now in our mid-60s, we are still in constant contact and in touch, albeit these days, by email. So thank you, Jackie, in New Two Pot House. Somebody else saying, I was a teenager in the 80s. No computer, no internet and no mobile phones, no TV remote. It was absolute bliss. We played board games, we talked, we played outside, we used the bus, no silly people carriers and mum wouldn't have been a taxi. We read books, we loved flicking through the encyclopedias we had and still have uh, bring back the 80s says this person he enjoyed the music and the life of the 80s and Jamie in the late 90s uh, when he was younger he says a teen uh, he used to cycle everywhere cycle to school cycle to meet our friends and often he said when you saw a number of bikes lying on the side of your housing estate or indeed lying on your road you knew that your friends were nearby and that's how we knew where to meet up so thanks Jamie on a text or WhatsApp 0862 103, 103. What are the things that you wish you could still do now uh, that you did as a child? Uh, certain things didn't make the top 10 in a survey that was released last week. For example, the house phone. I mean, a lot of us had to, if we wanted to uh, go and meet your friends, it was ringing the house phone, mobile phones coming in in the early noughties. They were there in the 90s, but a lot of people could, could not simply afford them. It was when a lot of us went to college in the noughties, you signed up to a bank and that bank then gave you a free mobile phone. And that's how we all got hooked with the network we are with or getting a mobile phone. Anyhow, uh, your thoughts and indeed your views are welcome on what you will bring back if you were a child. Or what's your favourite memory from the 80s, 90s or noughties? Let us know. Uh, text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. 
of Flint Motors in Mallow they're looking for someone who is motivated and enthusiastic to join their sales team contact 022-2808 or email ellen at allflintmotors.ie Clear Auto Services are seeking car and HGV truck mechanics you can email them clearautoservices at gmail.com they're based in Middleton or you can call them on 086 826 and a part-time and full-time hairstylists are wanted in McCroom. Email your CV to lavenderhairmccroom at gmail.com. You'll find these details and more opportunities job-wise now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash job. Court today on C103. This Sunday is World Suicide Prevention Day and we heard yesterday regarding green ribbon events taking place across the country. One person who knows all too well about mental health and its effects is the lady behind the Charnival Suicide Awareness Project. That is Margaret O'Callaghan and Margaret joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Margaret. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us on this. Um, yourself, you set up this project from your own uh, family experience. Just tell us why you decided to set up this in Charnival, first of all. Well, John Paul, I buried a son, Frankie, in two, 1996 of suicide. And I also buried a brother. And I thought there was nothing for them, you know, with everything going on. But when another boy died in Charleville and I heard the music, Never Walk Alone. And then I decided there's something had to be done. So I met a man, a lovely man in Charleville from Bella Howard, Dave O'Grady. And he, we set up Charleville Suicide Awareness. But it's going on now nearly since 2009 and we have a lot of trees and a lot of benches and we have our wall we do our wall every second year or every year because of the weather in my opinion it's still going on a long time and there's still we have a counsellor in Charleville at the moment she's very good she's helping a few of the people that we send her to send to her but there isn't enough there is not enough for mental health in the town of Charleville and surrounding areas. Because if you need someone in at night time, you have to ring. But it's nice to talk to a face-to-face person. You know, when you have a bad a bad day, not, the phone is fine, but you need to talk to somebody as well on one basis. And there isn't enough of that going around. Theatre house is good, but you have to get a bus in and a bus out, or else if they're on the, the dole or social welfare, they can't afford that. And there's a lot going on. Homelessness, uh, you have people coming in, refugees. It, there's a lot of pressure on people today. There's you mentioned, Margaret, the never walk alone, and that's why you set this up, so people would not be walking alone. And as would you mentioned, alone. yeah, it's would great that you can go alone. and speak to someone in person if people need help or just need to talk to someone. I mean, you've been through the experience of losing, as you mentioned, your brother and your son in the 90s. I have seven first cousins, uh, you know, cousins and the brother-in-law all died through suicide. And there's a day go by, not a minute of my life goes by without thinking of my son. I'll never forget him. Never. And I'm gone through heart trouble and everything. And I thought I'd be gone last year, but I think he gave me the strength and my other family members gave me the strength to keep going. And 
And I'm doing this for my son, my brother, and everybody around the town of Charleville and surrounding areas that lost a loved one by suicide. It mightn't be his son, daughter, but it could be brother, sister, man, or dad. And I think everybody has been affected by the suicide. Everyone. And it's brushed under, the, still brushed under the carpet. And that this is going on since, I don't know, it's, it's going on a long, long time. And they don't want to talk about suicide. Do you feel a lot of your family members and indeed others you have worked with, that there was more resources and more of what you were trying to do there in Charnival, uh, some people may be still with us? Oh God, there is. There is. There is. And when your family were going through this in the 90s, you, you still obviously will live the after effect of that and uh, will stay with you because they were so, so close to you, your son and your brother. With so many support networks that you mentioned there, and there's so many out there, we still get calls, Margaret, to the radio yes. station. I mentioned this yesterday when we were yes. discussing the event in Mallow on Sunday for Together at the Castle from people who basically, they don't know where to turn to. They're unaware of where to go. They ring us. We c- we're, not, we're not trained to deal with certain circumstances, but we do our best and we give them the numbers of the various places where they can get proper help. But they're still coming back saying it's impossible to get that help because those places are under-resourced. So there still, as you mentioned, is a huge issue. It's an awful big issue because at the moment we have our plaza wall done and we have phone numbers, the Samaritan, Pieta House, alone, and we have our own counsellor's phone number. Now, she's getting a lot of phone calls. She's a great lady. She, she, she helps an awful lot of people, an awful lot of people. She don't charge like a proper council overcharge. She just gets a donation. And she so it's affordable to those who may not be able to afford full back for a councillor? It's out of our street collection. It's out of the money the people of the town of Charleville and surrounding areas give us every year that we pay her. They don't have to pay for their counselling. All they have to do is ring that number. Again, she'll meet them any time from... 9 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock at night. She'll meet them. She'll talk to them. And tisn't five minutes or ten minutes and tisn't for to get assessed. She'll talk to them for a full hour. And if they they have six weeks, six day, uh, weeks in, of uh, counselling, and after that six weeks, if they're not fit enough, if they're not well enough, they'll have another six weeks. Because so the people of the town and surrounding areas are paying for it out of what we click in the street and what we get as done. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
appreciation. People are so kind to us with our street collection. And we have a lovely uh, wall now this year again. And it was from Churchtown Road Runners done our wall for us. And people are so you generous know, to your group so that good. keeps it going. And I presume that keeps but you going with the people you're trying to help. And I mean, if we're getting those type of calls here, you must be hearing that from people who are just struggling to find help. Struggling to find help. And it's only when something happens, you know, there's talk about it, like the uh, television, mental health. But they're not doing nothing. They're not doing nothing. Do you feel like there's a lot of talk, but not enough action? It's not enough. Talking, talking is great, but acting it. Go away and act in it and do something for the people that are suffering with their mental health. Because talking, even if you get a group of people talking to one another, it's beautiful. But face to face. It's, it's lovely to see the face in front of the person you're talking to. And while you have the counsellor there within your group and you yourself have been through so much and you have the experience in understanding what somebody is going through, do you feel that more needs to be done to understand the situation? I do. And I think there should be more done in the school with teenagers, the underlying bullying, the whole lot. And do you feel the cost of living and the cost, cost of, of everything living. going up is, is adding an effect to this? Well, the cost of living at the moment, it's, people can't live. People barely can survive. I mean, you're going to shop now 100 euro with a family. You can't. You can't do it. And if you go to the schools, the expense going to school, it's unreal. Unreal. On the cost and of tablets and books and clothes and the whole lot? They have to have a tablet, they have to have school books in their uniform and in their lockers and in their the upkeep of school. I think the government wants to wake up a small bit and look after the families of, the, of this country. Look after a, their, their children going to school, their families that are working, trying to pay the mortgage. My God Almighty, people pay mortgages today. God help them. God help them. I would like to go back to it again, John Paul. Yeah, the I, rates are, are certainly no, putting I, pressure I on us all. I would not like to go back to that age, paying mortgages and everything, because they have an awful lot. You go to work in the morning, you come home at night, you're looking after your family, you're paying the uh, childminders. Then at the end of the month when you get your wages, you're paying the mortgage. There's nothing left. It's by tough. The it's very tough in families, very tough. And I think the government wants to wake up and look after the people. And Margaret, as you're helping everybody and you've been through a lot yourself, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I, I keep going. My husband and my family are keeping me going. They're, 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 they're looking after me. I can't do much as I could now, but, but I do. But they give out to me. But they're, they're brilliant to me. They're brilliant. My family are brilliant. My friends are brilliant. The Vincent Paul Shop and Chapel, I volunteer there. And they're brilliant, the staff. My boss. They're all good to me. They're all very good to me. So tell us what you're organising on this coming Sunday. It's starting at 4.30, isn't it, from the park in Charnival? The, the town park in Charnival, where we painted the tree up around the, the bench and the whole lot during the week, myself and my husband, and we're going around the park and we're going to light a candle there and we'll continue down to the plaza where we leave off our balloons as usual and our three white doves. And we have a white ta- a table with white cloth on it with photographs of our loved ones that have died by truth, suicide. 
and we have our candle. Now, it's for everybody that has been touched by suicide, and I would love to see people to support our families that have gone through it. That they might be, they might be frightened to attend, but it's a lovely get together because you're not alone. You are not alone because there's a lot of us and true people that love one another and people that died. We all love our family that died, but we can't bring them back. But this way we can remember, even though I remember them every second of the day. But no one is walking alone and that's the message you want to get across this morning. Margaret, the very best of luck with Sunday and thanks for sharing and joining us this morning. Thank you so much for everything, John Paul. You're relevant very good to me. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Margaret. Thank you, John Paul. Thank you. And that is Margaret O'Callaghan joining us there from Charnival ahead of what she's organising this Sunday in Charnival from 4.30 there in the park and then on to uh, their plaza and what they have done there and they do every year within the plaza in Charnival and that's all for World Suicide Prevention Day which is on this Sunday. Also we have the Together at the Castle event uh, taking place at Mallow Castle and C103 will be there on Sunday along with the C103 Street Fleet music and a lot more happening there. Organisations will be there as well in Mallow on Sunday and there's various events happening right across uh, Cork for this coming Sunday but if you have been affected listening to our chat with Margaret you can get help from these various organisations uh, first of all Peja House you can get them on peja.ie online you can text help to 51444 or call them on 1-800-247-247 the Samaritans you can call them on 116-123 or email joe at samaritans.ie Childline, they're available via text on 50101. You can call Childline on 1-800-66-66-66. That's 24-7. And what may suit better for younger listeners is they have an online live chat where you go to their website, childline.ie, a little box pops up and you can chat to someone there on an online chat. And also available from Lishin's house, their helpline is 023 888 And Martin, uh, listening to our conversation uh, with Margaret, says he agrees we must talk about suicide prevention and the solutions. That there are many and there's a lot more to recovery and suicide prevention than depending on medication and counselling. But he says you do need to talk to your GP, first of all, and maybe medication for a few weeks. But there is a lot and a lot of options out there, uh, says Martin. And I think talking as Margaret said is the the main thing if somebody can open up that is uh, and will bring a huge difference to someone's life uh, if they can talk it does change things but it's getting people to talk is the first option I suppose and there's so many things going on in today's world um, thank you uh, to Martin for your WhatsApp to 0862103103 and we were talking earlier about people's memories and childhood memories everything from recording music off the radio to watching shows such as Top of the Pops and more I'll go back to a lot of those calls shortly in the programme but Jamie did text in and Jamie earlier was just saying about how in the late 90s when he was a teenager uh, he used to cycle everywhere many of his friends used to cycle everywhere to meet their friends and how they knew where their friends were was the bikes were lying on the side of the road at the side of a housing estate and you knew your friends were somewhere in the locality well (laughs) a number of people have texted in and sent whatsapps agreeing with Jamie going yes Jamie's right we did this as well in the 90s Uh, you how you found your friends 
looked out for the bike. So a lot of people are reacting to Jamie and thank you for your texts and WhatsApps. I've loads more on your childhood memories. We'll get to those shortly. But coming up, it's this week's series of Ours to Protect. And next, we're going to learn about the product footprint of electronic devices and how it's cheaper and more sustainable to buy secondhand electronics. That's next on Ours to Protect. Court today on C103. Ours to Protect, brought to you by C103, the IBI, and funded by the Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more info. This week on Earth to Protect, we learn about the product footprint of electronic devices and how it's cheaper and sustainable to buy second-hand electronics. From defective household electronics to old smartphones, the total amount of e-waste generated around the world this year is estimated to reach over 50 million tonnes. That is more than the weight of the heaviest artificial object on Earth, the Great Wall of China. A habit that has become ingrained in so many consumers is dumping your old and tired tech for a shinier model every year or two, shelling out hundreds in the process. But a new generation of technology is creeping into the mainstream that is designed to upend this consumerist churn. Devices that can be taken apart, repaired and upgraded. Refurbed.ie's Ireland's leading online marketplace for refurbished technology. Podrick Power is the company's marketing manager in Ireland. Refurbed is an online electronics um platform. So essentially we sell refurbished electronics um, and what that means is that we have things like phones, laptops, tablets, gaming consoles, even kitchen appliances that are all refurbished. So they were once used, go through an up to 40 step refurbishment process and then they work exactly like new but they're actually sold at an average about 40% cheaper versus a new device. Refurbed have saved over 380,000 tonnes of e-waste so far, stopping actual devices going to landfill. But aside from that as well, the refurbishment of devices or of electronics saves a lot of carbon and also saves a lot of water. Refurbed have an initiative to reduce waste and plant trees with refurbed products, which Podrick explains. We want to make sure that we're doing as much for the environment as we possibly can. And one of the things that we do there is that we plant trees And they're all native trees. So we plant within Ireland and we also plant in other countries around the world. And for every tree, every product, excuse me, that's sold, we plant a tree and the tree is native to that location. And what that means is you're planting a tree that's going to sequester carbon and it's going to reduce the carbon impact, but also it's creating local biodiversity. So it's making habitats for birds, for, you know, insects, uh, small animals around Ireland and around other countries. So it's something we're really proud to do because it's a positive impact for the environment. Refurbed did research with the Fraunhofer Institute in Austria. The results showed that refurbished tech on average saves 80% of carbon versus the creation of a new device. So overall, customers are really, really making an impact on the environment when they're opting for refurbished technology. I think a lot of companies and a lot of um, even politicians, you know, talk about, oh, we want to be sustainable, we want to be greener, we are more sustainable. But a lot of the time there isn't actually proof for that. And with Refurbed, we knew we were acting sustainably and we were being a much more sustainable alternative. But we just wanted to get the exact figures and we wanted to show people, hey, look, this is research. It's, you know, not Refurbed doing it. It's the Institute. This is how much of an impact you're having on the environment. So with that, we tested the carbon e-waste and water produced with new devices versus refurbished ones and we did it for phones, laptops and tablets 
and that's where we got the um, the figures that on average it's 80% carbon, 73% e-waste and 90% of water that's saved when customers are opting for refurbished tech. And then of course, aside from that, we do have the financial benefit for customers because I do think there can be a kind of a preconception that if you're buying sustainably, you're going to have a premium. Uh, with refurbished tech, it's actually the opposite. You're getting the same quality, you're buying sustainably, but you're also saving money. So we really want to have that double win for customers and the environment. So what is the future goal for refurbed? So our current goal is to have at least one refurbished device in every single household in the country. We're on track. We're actually um, definitely further along than where we had even anticipated. And then aside from that, just to make people rethink buying new and make them think, hold on a second, do I need to do that? Why am I bothering? We want people to be aware that they can get refurbished tech and they don't need to jump on the newest trend and spend that amount of money and impact negatively on the environment when they can do something that's much better for all involved. To learn more, visit refurbed.ie or check the show notes of this episode. And we're stronger when together. Ours to Protect, brought to you by C103, the IBI, and funded by the Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more info. Thank you, Maraid. And as Maraid said there, you'll get a lot more information on everything we discuss in Ours to Protect at C103.ie. Now, a lot of calls and comments in on your memories growing up as a child, also on different issues. And after midday, we'll be going to Cork McSherry and hearing about the naming ceremony that is taking place tomorrow there in Cork Mac for the new RNLI lifeboat. That is all to come. Uh, but electric picnic tickets, believe it or not, for next year. And there's no lineup being announced as yet, but those tickets have sold out for EP for next year. Niall Horan, so many more uh, were there this year. But Niall Horan was also uh, performing in America and he was on American television. And it's a show called The Today Show where at times that the weather is good, they perform outside uh, just off Times Square in New York and you can see all the big, huge buildings around them as they broadcast their show. And he sung this song and the crowds around New York came over and sang it with him. Uh, a very proud Irish man he is, but it was great for the Irish living in New York and many were there who came over when they realised who was singing live on TV uh, but also live on the streets of New York uh, a famous song sung by the Wolf Tones who were also big sellouts at Electric Picnic uh, last uh, weekend or the weekend before and they have announced a huge gig as well because of that in the Three Arena so all our Irish music acts are really booming at the moment It's JP with you on Cork Today until 1 Bernie taking your calls and comments on 0818103103 you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We'll be heading along to the movies with Mark after 12.30 and also we'll be hearing about the naming ceremony taking place tomorrow in Cork McSherry for their new lifeboat. That is all ahead. Uh, but we got this call a number of weeks ago and we were trying to get to the bottom of this with a betting chain of shops in question. Uh, the man we spoke to Basically, his name is Jack. He contacted us because he put down a bet on the Camogie All-Ireland final for both Cork and Waterford to score over 32 points by full time. Now, the price on his phone, when he went on the website on his phone, was four to five. So he asked the person behind the counter in this betting shop, is this the price? And he was told, yes, it was. So he put on the bet and on his docket, it said four to five. So this is the story Jack told us a few weeks ago. I won the bet. I went back in Tuesday and they said, I asked the man inside the back counter, 
what what is is the price right? And he said yes. Because on the phone uh, at four to five, right? And when I won the bet, they said there was no such bet that it was four to eleven when I done the bet. Dad was four to five, and I asked the man and said, "Come to that up the bet, the price right." Because you know, um, there's, there's three or four different machines. You have a phone, you have machines inside the bookies. You must, you have, a, you have another machine in that goes the money that he they'll take the money and they'll dock and put in the docket. The different prices on the mall. So I just asked, "Is four to five right?" And he said, "Yes." They they said in they got an email to say that the price was wrong. So. I asked to see the email, and then he changed his mind. He said, one their time. So I phoned customer services. I got into a lovely woman, and she said she phoned someone else, but she couldn't get through to him, so she said, look, I'll get back to you. So after about five minutes, she got back to me, and she said, whatever what she said to me, go into the bookies, it's all sorted. You'll get paid your, your right price. After about ten minutes more, she phoned back and said, I'm sorry, what I told you well ago was wrong. The price is four to eleven. I've I've written down the docket four to four to five. Okay, that was Jack telling us his story. And are any of you been in that situation whereby you have got on, you've got the odds of, for this case example, of 4 to 5, but then when you go back to collect your winnings, you're told the odds were wrong and they're 4 to 11. I would have thought, like anything in business, if whatever you were given, whether it's an insurance and you're giving an incorrect insurance quote, or if it's in betting and you're giving the incorrect odds, you have to stand over that because that's what you gave. And especially when on his docket it does says 4 to 5, you would think they have to stand over this. Uh, has anybody else been in this situation? We are contacting the betting shop in question and hopefully they will come back with an answer for us and indeed contact Jack directly to sort this out. But it seems a bit unfair that when he did go in to put on the bet at those odds, then afterwards, once he's won, you're told, oh no, that's wrong. Those are the wrong odds. It's, it seems a bit unfair. Anyhow, we'll try and get to the bottom of that. Uh, thanks to Jack for making contact with us on 0818103103 as we delve in and try to see what we can do in that situation. And across the morning, we have been looking for your childhood memories. If it was watching certain TV shows from the 90s, buying cassettes. Uh, we heard from people who uh, used to write letters and having pin pals, and they still do number of people why they don't write letters anymore they email they still have pin pals some having pin pals for 20 30 or even 40 years we've heard this morning and then uh, from pin pals to going out and Jamie has really uh, brought back memories for so many people uh, who another another person here this is Olive who's saying she remembers uh, going along and seeing a number of bikes throwing on a ditch on a rural road she knew her friends were in one of the fields nearby because Jamie uh, mentioned that he back in the 90s used to cycle everywhere meet his friends Uh, they always cycled together and if if you didn't know where anybody was all you needed to do was look out for a number of bikes lying on either the side of the road or in an estate and in Olive's case on a a rural ditch and you know they're in some field somewhere uh, bringing back memories also bringing back memories are TV shows and a number of people are on about various TV shows Uh, Louis and hello also to John who remembers this TV show which has made a comeback and is back again on our screens. That, of course, is MacGyver. And then Emer says, on Friday evening, she loved Echo Island. It was Dara O'Brien, Blodney Coffee, and, of course, Derek Mooney presented it at the start. A very familiar theme. And Shannon remembers what she says is her favourite TV show. 
Do you remember the theme in the late 90s? It was, of course, a popular... What's an American TV show, I think, shown worldwide? Dawson's Creek, of course. That was the popular theme to Dawson's Creek. So thank you for that, Shannon. And staying on how things have changed when it comes to social media connecting everybody up, Olivia feels uh, while social media is great and the world can connect like everything, she says, that has its downsides. Too many people now spend time scrolling through Instagram and TikTok and could, you could spend an hour doing this. Olivia says, I am guilty myself that I can sit down on the couch and all of a sudden, an hour of my life is gone from scrolling, looking at the phone. But that cannot be good for us. Uh, you also see it while you're walking, if you're out and about, everyone looking down. I have no problem with technology developing or indeed with smartphones or anything like that. But are we too engrossed in them? Uh, Olivia reacting to the social media side of things when you hear the various stories we've heard across the morning of people cycling and uh, writing uh, to their pin pals, etc. Jerry says... Everything today is, I read it on Facebook. What a lot of this causes havoc for people, as many of it is untrue. Uh, Certainly, Jerry feels that times uh, were better away from social media. Thank you, Jerry, for your call to 0818103103. Your childhood memories are welcome. And towards the end of the show yesterday, we got a WhatsApp in. And we have to say hello and well done to everybody in Blackwater Honey. Why? Well, the gang at Blackwater Honey, they won the Gold Award in the Irish Quality Food and Drinks Awards. They were held during this week and they won this for their Heather Honey in the Preserves and Sweet Spreads category, making it a three in a row for winning this award. So well done and congrats to all the gang in Blackwater Honey. And hello to the staff and workers and everybody at Atkins in Clonakilty because uh, this evening at five o'clock on this Friday uh, we are told that Atkins in Clonakilty will be closing its doors for the last time after 125 years and they're asking all members of the public well the community in Clonakilty is asking all members of the public who wish to and are available to ask to be assembling outside the main door of the shop on Asna Square at around quarter to five and this is to acknowledge and to thank the Atkins staff past and present as they leave the store for the final time today at five o'clock. So hello and well done and best of luck to everybody from Atkins in Clonakilty. A long, long time in service 125 years and best of luck to all there who will be gathering at around quarter to five this evening at Asna Square in Clonakilty to say thank you to the staff in Atkins in Clon and uh, thanks to the gang who've been in contact with us to let us know that that is going ahead and you may be going through your Searview or whatever a TV platform you watch your TV on today and realise, oh, there's a new channel at the popping up, but it's a new Irish channel. And there is. And it is Osgwelga too, when I say Irish. It's an Irish language children's channel. It's going to be launched later today. It's called Kula Cahar. It's a new initiative from TG Cahar and they will provide dedicated programming to younger audiences. It'll be broadcast on television, but also online and via a dedicated app. And this new TV station, it's aimed at children aged up to 12 years and it's 
going to form part of an ongoing effort to ensure entertaining and educational content that all of this will educate people uh, through Irish for this demographic of young viewers. So it's a free-to-air channel. It will run every day from 6am to 8pm and it's going to feature a range of both locally produced and internationally sourced programmes and those internationally sourced programmes then they'll be dubbed over with uh, the Irish language but there'll be a number of locally produced shows which is good for the independent sector those uh, local and smaller TV production uh, companies that are based right across the island of Ireland they are involved and they'll be producing shows uh, for TG Cahar and indeed uh, for the new channel Kula Cahar uh, which launches this afternoon so best of luck to all there of course that launches out of Galway and it's always good to see Uh, TV channels in Ireland broadcasting from outside of Dublin and outside of the capital city uh, and Galway. It's good to see that because uh, I think we're the only country really that has most of our media, national media in one uh, capital city. You'll be very aware in the UK they're kind of all over the place from Scotland to Manchester to Liverpool to London uh, whereas everything here is out of Dublin so it's good to see a new TV channel uh, this time though coming out of Galway and rural Galway at that. And it's an international break this weekend for the Premier League. However, the show does return on September the 16th. The show is Premier League Live. It's on c103.ie with Trevor Welsh, powered by Talk Sport. So make sure you join Trevor and the gang for some more exciting match commentary, interviews and reaction on September the 16th. At the Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You can listen Saturdays on the C103 app or go to c103.ie. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie Bingo in Mallow GAA Complex that is cancelled tonight as a mark of respect after the passing of club president Liam Sheehan and the Bobby Bear Memorial Concert will be held in St Peter's Church in Bandon this evening at 7.30pm All are welcome and donations will be collected on the night for the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland and St Peter's Church Organ Fund Bingo goes ahead at the store at the Creamery Yard in Kildallery this evening at 8 o'clock the jackpot there is €2,350 Drumaham Autumn Fair that will be held on Sunday from 12 to 2 in the community park locally grown fruit and veg home baking and much more there with all proceeds going to the continued development of Drumahan Community Park and a new album of local singers and musicians will be launched in Star Trek's music venue in Knocknagree on this coming Sunday from 3.30pm music on the day with Michelle Murphy Mike Condon Emily and Jim and Nagel and Shannon Fitzgerald and Shannon has organised this event as part of her fundraising campaign for the Hope Foundation's trip to Calcutta and that's going on next March. If you want to advertise your event, you can email us the details, email diary at c103.ie. Cork today on C103. The new lifeboat based in Cork McSherry is to be officially named this coming Saturday afternoon. The West Cork Lifeboat Station is one of the oldest in the country and Vincent O'Donovan of Cork McSherry Lifeboat joins me. Good afternoon to you, Vincent. Uh, good afternoon, JP. And the last time in Cork, Mac, you celebrated the arrival of a new lifeboat was in 1995. So this is a huge occasion, a huge weekend for the community there. And while the lifeboat did arrive back in January, it's now you're going to have the naming of the boat. Yeah, JP, it's a, it's a huge uh, weekend for us and it's a huge day tomorrow, Saturday in the village. Uh, it's 20 years ago since we last got uh, our twin class lifeboat. And since then, we've uh, have had over 400 call-outs in that to all types of rescues. 
and uh, tomorrow uh, it's the 11th lifeboat only in our 198-year history in Cork McSherry since the first uh, lifeboat, the Plenty, arrived in 1825. So we are really looking forward to uh, the naming ceremony tomorrow uh, of the Valadnams, the most modern all-weather lifeboat in the Arna Life Fleet. And just tell me about the name of the lifeboat and why it's been named after Val. Yeah, I suppose uh, it's probably unique tomorrow in that it's named after the majority donor of uh, the lifeboat. And she is uh, a lady called Val Adams who, who grew up in Preston and Weymouth in the UK and now resides in Idaho in the USA. And uh, I suppose from a very young age, Val Adams had a huge interest in the sea and uh, a passing interest in the local Weymouth lifeboat station in England. So uh, she has donated the majority of the funding for this lifeboat. Uh, we have been talking to her since the lifeboat went into production uh, about 18 months ago. And uh, it's amazing that she and her family from the USA and her nephew Morgan from uh, from uh, Australia and her brother from England are all coming to Court McSherry this afternoon. Uh, she's in her late 80s. She's an amazing person and she will be around for the weekend and the, the lifeboat is named after her. It's not very often you have a live donor at a, uh, a naming ceremony like this. Yeah, so a great occasion for her and her family as well uh, to witness this across the weekend. And while she's the main donor then, was partly of the funding for this new lifeboat coming from Legacies, uh, is this the, the scheme where people who can or who want to leave money in their will to the Ornelai? donors and general legacies from Sylvie Ann Walker and Katrina Johnson and uh, much um, a, a big proportion of lifeboat funding on these new boats. This new boat costs 2.8 million euros. It's a state-of-the-art boat. Uh, please God, it'll, it'll serve us in Court McSherry and around our coastline for the next probably 40 years. And we are, <clears throat> we are very um, thankful to these uh, people who lead the legacies, as we are to all the fundraising who do it every year for us and other stations right around the country. Uh, in the coffee mornings, everything, uh, the online is totally uh, depending on uh, voluntary contributions. Of course, and this lifeboat, while you're going naming it tomorrow, it's already been involved at work at sea over the last number of months. It has, yes. It arrived in, the, in January and since then, I think the crew, we've 31 crew and five new young members as well, joined up in the last kind of month or so. They've been out 87 times in, in, in training exercises and uh, uh, we had uh, call-outs as well and we probably had one of the longest call-outs uh, in, in the last decade, only last month, to, to a yacht with two people on board, 69 miles off uh, Court McSherry across the Irish Sea. In actual fact, was nearly halfway to the UK in what was a, a, a tremendous call for the boat. Uh, 14 hours at sea or, or, or six crew people under Mark Gannon were, Cox and Mark Gannon, and all ended well on a, on a tough night. And thanks be to God, uh, everybody was uh, rescued. And from that example you give there of a rescue, we know how important Vincent a lifeboat service is. I mean, it's only been evidence to us uh, over the last number of weeks and indeed across the summer months. Uh, a lot, unfortunately, of uh, tragedies, not only here in Cork, but right across our coastline. Loss of life in any area of coastline, like like the terrible tragedy in Fountainstown, no, just just this Tuesday. I suppose it reverts very hard on all involved in the rescue, search and rescue. 
and the RLI stations in uh, Crosshaven and Ballycotton were involved with the Coast Guard and, and all the other uh, search and rescue organisations in this massive search operation on Tuesday evening. I suppose from, look, 95% of our call-outs result in, in successful outcomes, uh, but, but it's always those sad ones that we've had uh, and incidents will happen on the sea all the time that we remember and, and we never forget, unfortunately. And as a member of the lifeboat and everybody there is volunteering, you've a, a huge crew there who, at the drop of a hat, have to leave their families, have to leave what they're up to and head to the lifeboat station and head out on the waters. It's going to be a good weekend this weekend, weather-wise. I know temperatures are going to decrease a bit tomorrow afternoon, but still the sun is due to be shining across the weekend. And you can read it in the papers this morning, look at it online. Everybody is going to be, or seemingly anyhow, going to coastal areas for the weekend. As a warning, you just want people to be safe and be careful when they're out on the water. Absolutely. And look, we're fierce believers of using the coastline. We have a fantastic coastline around the whole country. And we know this week is probably one of the best weeks we've had for about two months. And we suppose we, 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 we urge everybody planning to take a trip to the coast to, to just be careful uh, to the beach or the inland waters and to stay safe. You know, the, the weather is good. The sea the seas can be a dangerous place. And but we must always respect the water, and I suppose we keep preaching that in the schools and our educational team, which we're very strong here in Cork and Sherry, getting into the the, the schools and just t- t- teaching people the, to respect the water at all times, and and you know to to be careful, to be careful on the sea, never bring floating devices with you. But uh, we want people to enjoy the coast, but we want people to be to be careful, and in any instance make sure you ring 999 or 112 and call the Coast Guard because we have great rescue services and they will be uh, at the behest within within minutes. And I said this earlier on in the week, I was speaking to a fisherman and many over the years who say, well, the sea is beautiful and it can be very calming and lovely to look at. And we've got some great pictures actually from Cork McSherry this morning, Vincent, of the sunsets over the last number of evenings. But the sea can change fast and it can turn from being calm to becoming a monster. And that's why people need to be extra careful. Absolutely. And my mother, before living in Broadstrand, looked down at that sea and, and, and she, she looked at it turning by day. And unfortunately, unfortunately, she told us to see that sea down there, to my four sisters and myself, never go near it. So I suppose, thanks to the God now, with Water Safety Ireland and all the other people teaching people how to swim, a uh, lot, lot of young people are very, very careful in the water. But incidents will happen and happen very carefully and accidentally. You know, you can, uh, tight, uh, a wave can come in and uh, the, the element of rip currents are, are dangerous. So we, we've got to really be careful when you're near or at the sea or at the coastline. Indeed. And uh, back to what you were doing tomorrow with the naming ceremony for this new lifeboat in Cormac Shuri. What's the plan for Saturday before that? I know it's really kicking off tonight, isn't it, uh, Vincent, in the Pierhouse Bar in Cormac Shuri. You have the launch of Michal Hurley's book, of course. He's been well involved in the lifeboat uh, for many years. His new book is called Home from the Sea. Yes, indeed, Michal. Uh, he served as a crew for 44 years and is now the station community safety leader, and uh, he, uh, he launches his book, Home from the Sea, uh, the history of our Copenhagen lifeboat from the last uh, 198 years in the Pierrot's Bar at 8pm. And while Michal now is legendary as a, a crew person um, and is retired from the crew, both, both his son Kiran and daughter Niamh now are both on the crew and carrying on the, uh, I suppose, that proud family tradition 
as we have and we see down in Cork McSherry all through the years. We're blessed with, with, with the interest we have from the locals on the operations, on the crew, on the fundraising, and thanks to all people who give us the help. And they, but that will be a very special night tonight at, at 8 o'clock, and it's being launched by Tom McSweeney, the noted, uh, noted journalist as well. Oh yeah, Tom was a, a big marine fan as well, of course, and was a marine journalist for many years and still is. He's still involved in it. And then it's tomorrow then, Saturday at 1.45 is when you'll start uh, the uh, dedication and indeed the naming ceremony for the new lifeboat. Uh, that will be on the pier, I presume, is where it's going to be, is it in, yes, in around that big, area? the big event is, is, is all based on the pier. We welcome everybody uh, to come tomorrow. It's at 1.45. We will have the Clonacilty Brass Band playing in, in our pier field from, from 1 o'clock. So it'll be getting into a little bit of an article atmosphere from, from 1 o'clock. Uh, we have a big marquee erected on the pier uh, at the moment because the, the, the community catering uh, of Court McSherry Village and entire area are providing refreshments to all afterwards. And we, we will have the Coast Guard uh, will, will perform a helicopter flyover at approximately 3 p.m. And uh, I suppose for people coming into Court McSherry, we have ample parking on both sides of the village, on the Timberleague side and on the Barry Row side, with uh, fields that, that will be stewarded. So uh, come early, I suppose, uh, bring the sun hat. You've alluded to the weather here. Bring the sun hat and the sun cream. It has been amazing in Cork McSherry, as it is around West Cork this morning. Uh, and uh, bring the sun hat and the sun cream. Enjoy the festivities. We mightn't see a naming ceremony again in Cork McSherry for 40 years. Uh, I know our catering crew, led by the um, Niamh and Michal and and and, and uh, Mary Hurley and all the community will be uh, will be will be feeding everybody afterwards as well. <laughs> no better gang to do all that. Uh, have a fantastic weekend. Enjoyed Vincent and well done to all there again in Cormacshire. And I suppose one small thing. I suppose a sad okay, a sad thought at the end. Or, or very much esteemed uh, former lifeboat um, operations manager Jerry Turner. Uh, who has been 20 years with us as a volunteer. He just passed away this morning. So it's a tinge of sadness as we celebrate, but we know that Jerry will, will be with us in spirit because uh, Jerry has been an amazing person for our lifeboat in Cork and Shirley, along with his wife Marjorie, who we send our condolences to, and she was always leading up to souvenir sales here. So our thoughts are with him all over this weekend. Indeed, and our condolences uh, to Jerry's family and all the Turners. Uh, Vincent, thank you and, and best of luck for the weekend. That is Vincent O'Donovan there joining us from Corp McSherry ahead of the naming uh, ceremony tomorrow for the new Corp McSherry lifeboat. We wish them best of luck all involved there uh, and the wonderful work they all do in the RNLI. We mentioned about uh, favourite TV shows uh, that people grew up with and favourite things and simple child- childhood pleasures that we all did while growing up. We went through a number of calls and texts across the morning on this across the show. Uh, just uh, the final if you went to us Mag says she used to be crazy for Magnum P.I. and the main man in it she always felt he was a hunk uh, and then she also loved Greatest American Idol as well she used to be glued to those shows on the TV says Mags in Passage West who says it's very tropical today in Passage I'm sure it is and uh, this is from Anne who was in Young Grove in Middleton when I was mentioning the weather uh, temperatures uh, earlier on and she sent me a picture in of her car where yes indeed 28 degrees in Middleton hello to you Anne enjoy the sun mind the heat and somebody else is asking is the N20 opened again that is closed 
closed due to an earlier accident, of course, at the Ballybeg bins um, near Buttevant. But that, as it stands, it remains closed. And we'll let you know when it opens. But the, the information we have at the moment, and it looks like as well, uh, on what we can see from traffic cameras, that uh, that road remains closed. Any changes, we'll let you know about it. First, before all of that, you'll have that on the News of One, by the way. Before we go to News of One, uh, we'll have to go to the movies. And Mark Malone joins us next. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Today on C103. Time for our movie review. Mark Malone joins us as usual at this time on a Friday. Hey, Mark. Hi. And <laughs> we are going to review Equalizer 3. And I was speaking about TV shows, just childhood memories across the morning. And people mm-hmm. did come up with their various TV shows like MacGyver and, and Echo Island and Dawson's Creek and all of those. And this used to be a TV show from 2001. It was indeed. Yeah, this is the theme. The theme of the, the show, The Equalizer. It was a good theme, Mark, wasn't it? Do you know, I was never a fan of the, the t- television series necessarily. Edward Woodward starred in it, and I really, yeah. really liked Edward Woodward. I thought he was, uh, normally I think he's great, but I thought when he made that television series, I always thought his performance was kind of very much one note, but uh, the theme, uh, as you just played there, I always thought the theme was really, really it's good. It's a good theme, yeah. So it, well, it did well when it comes to the uh, cinemas now, because uh, this is the third one, isn't it? Anyway, here's a trailer, first of all. I understand pain. I understand suffering. But because of these people, I'm beginning to understand peace. Ciao, Roberto. You're one of us now. The mafia. They target the most innocent in our town. You took something that didn't belong to you. I'm here to take it back. You warning me? I'm preparing you. They will send everything they've got after you. I'll be waiting. Hurry up. Plenty action in this one. If you like your action movies, this certainly is for you. Can I tell you my Edward Woodward joke, by the way? Go there's there's <laughs> quite a few of them. They're very, very good. So why does Edward Woodward have so many D's in his name? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> because otherwise he'd be known as Iwawua. <laughs> That wouldn't be the worst, Eva <laughs> uh, There are a few Edward Woodward jokes, by the way, uh, out there, which are very, very good. Yeah, so these these are the movies, and this is the third one. Uh, once again, we've got Denzel Washington back as the character, uh, directed by, once again, Antoine Fuqua. Of course, uh, they've worked together in the past. They made uh, a number of movies uh, before, uh, most especially, I think, Training Day, which was a very, very good movie. Now, I, I normally do this to you and Patricia. Normally, I'll ask, OK, this is the third one. Have you seen any of the previous two by any chance? I've seen the first, but I haven't seen the second yeah I mean the thing is well I mean that's not too bad because the, because the first one is really really good the second one wasn't as good okay. but it was still very very entertaining I mean we're still talking about one of the greatest actors ever to kind of grace our screens you know what I mean and he's always kind of worth a watch and uh, here we have the third which is better than the second one uh, and uh, but, but it still isn't as good as the first but it's still very very uh, entertaining uh, so um, the thing about these movies of course is that uh, yes they are action packed although with this one funnily enough the first hour is actually kind of a, well the, the the intro, there's an intro kind of scene which is really, really quite violent. But then the film kind of settles down because uh, basically what happens is uh, Denzel Washington, who we know has a kind of a past, he's got a kind of a special services, a special forces kind of past. And uh, wherever he goes in his life, he never wants to get involved. He always wants to, to just kind of sit back and relax and not get involved with any kind of violence. Or, you know, he just wants to be alone, really. Uh, but then, of course, he sees bad things happening and decides, look, I've got to do something about it. And he does and does so quite violently. Uh, 
and using uh, quite a number of ways to kill people. I mean, you remember near the end of the first film, I think, uh, he was in a hardware store because he used to work in a hardware store. There was a big, big fight sequence in the hardware store and he basically used whatever was at hand. And if you go into a hardware store, you'll know there's an awful lot of sharp object, objects there and you'll know just how violent the first film was. And this is the kind of thing he does. I mean, he killed somebody. I'm not going to go into detail at this time of the day. He killed somebody today in a most unique way that I've ever seen. And I, I mean, it is extraordinarily violent and awful and terrible. But at the same time, you're going, okay, that was that was kind of cool, to be honest with you. But for the, so for the first step, basically what happens is he gets hurt. Uh, he ends up in Sicily in a very, very tall, small town. And uh, the local doctor finds him and uh, brings him back to health. And, you know, he begins to realize, I like this place. I really, this is nice. And the, the locals, uh, you, you heard it there in the trailer, one of the locals at some stage, a good six months into his kind of, um, uh, of his stay in this little kind of Italian Sicilian village, uh, people say, you're one of us now. And he begins to love it. And there's an awful lot of shots of him sitting down in restaurants with a cup of tea and a napkin. There's a lot of uh, napkin folding in this film, actually. And you you enjoy it. You enjoy his uh, relationship with uh, the townspeople. You enjoy the fact that uh, these are very, very nice people and they're welcoming them to their town. And then, of course, the mafia arrive. And, of course, then all hell breaks loose, as you can imagine. And then people die. Um, So when you compare it, as I say, to the first two, I think the first two was kind of all action. This isn't. This is a bit more kind of restrained. And Antoine Fuqua, who's a very, very good director, is very good at kind of, you know, getting us to know characters, getting us to kind of become emotionally involved in the film and care about uh, the characters. He's very good at that. He's very good at kind of um, at um, uh, making us aware that violent things are going to happen. So then leading up to it and and the tension that's leading up to it. And very, very good directors and uh, uh, can, can do that. And very good actors as well. And Denzel, of course, is absolutely terrific in the film. Also in the film, uh, actually, is Dakota Fanning, with whom he made a film way back called Man of Fire. She was very, very young in that. And she's a kind of CIA agent that he's kind of... um in contact with because uh, he is trying to obviously um, out these local Camorra as they're called, uh, the local mafia uh, um, um, uh, people uh, to the CIA. She's the head of the CIA and um, and I, I got the impression that that was very much a kind of a tacked on kind of character. It didn't really need it but uh, they felt as though because the running time is quite small which is good. It's about an hour and a half long. That's good, yeah. And obviously to extend it they brought this character in which was completely unnecessary but you know when they do meet, I mean the, the, the script is very, it's written by a by the name of Richard Wink who is very very good indeed and uh, you know there are there are zingers constantly so conversations that he's having uh, with the Camorra for example are very very exciting they wouldn't happen at all in reality because you know there are scenes where he's sitting down and chatting with them and they would just put a bullet in his head you know what I mean but the reason why that doesn't happen is because the film has got to happen and there are scenes that are very very similar to kind of the Jack Reacher films if you know the Jack Reacher films or books you'll know that he likes to uh, converse with uh, people he's about to kill or, or fight and he loves to tell them exactly what's going to happen and there's a scene for example where he's surrounded by all these mafia men they've got basically got guns to his head and uh, he turns to the, the head mafia guy and says the guy to the right is a foot closer than he should be which means he's going to die in the next couple of minutes oh. and then he's got the stopwatch and he hits the stopwatch and he says in nine seconds if you don't tell me what I want to know you are all going to die so there's an awful lot of that kind of stuff which is nonsense of course it is and you've got to kind of tell yourself look it's a movie don't take it too seriously Mark uh, and then of course all heck uh, breaks loose and it's absolutely terrific and when it does happen you, you know you just go yeah yeah that was pretty good and that was pretty exciting so I don't think it's um, as, uh, as good as the first one it's certainly better than the second one uh, but it is extraordinarily violent
and Dinsel does suspense well when he's doing those action scenes even when he stops and there's nothing happening you will watch for those three or four seconds to see where is this going to go he does that very well and you know what I really like about him mm. and, and the character here is that uh, he ne- he doesn't do anything that's superhuman you know what I mean so yeah, many movies yeah. I watched so many stupid movies where people fall 100 feet onto a concrete floor and get up and walk away we see so many films where people get their heads go through concrete walls and they get up and walk away none of that happens here uh, everything that happens you could believe could possibly happen in an exaggerated kind of a way and uh, and he plays the character uh, with a, a kind of a human edge as well you know a softer kind of human edge which we don't see um, uh, too often in films so that way you do very much warm to the character oh, so good. I think I think it's very good uh, but beware it is extraordinarily violent uh, Rating wise out of 10? I'll give it 8 8 very good so 8 out of 10 for Equalizer 3 and then you went and saw Fool's Paradise this is more of a comedy Yeah this is uh, written and directed and starring a guy by the name of Charlie Day who's an actor I've always really liked I saw the trailer to this about uh, six, seven months ago and I thought well this really really looks kind of very very interesting it's the first time he's directed a film he's probably best known for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia I don't know if you've watched that television series Uh, he was in Horrible Bosses uh, for example and this is a satire this is a satire on uh, on how awful Hollywood is which Hollywood these are kind of movies like this are produced every now and then I don't know either for two reasons either Hollywood like it and they like the fact that uh, you know people uh, become kind of accustomed to how they behave in Hollywood or maybe it works the other way you know what I mean there are an awful lot of I'm sure heads of studios who are very very sensitive about all this kind of thing so I don't know what it's going to do to Charlie Day's uh, career from now on okay. maybe there's some people <laughs> sitting in the back and going well we don't like being made fun of Charlie to be brutally honest with well you. the streets of Philadelphia is fairly out there so <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is that um, as I say he plays two parts he plays the part of this kind of method actor who's making this film called um, Billy the Kid and he's horrible and he won't come out of his room and uh, he's causing terrible problems on set which does, does remind me that does happen there was a film made in West Cork a couple of years ago. Somebody told me this once. I, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this on the radio. It was the film with, um, with Colin Farrell that he made down in West Cork. And I met an actor who was on the film. And another actor, not, not Colin Farrell, but there was another uh-huh. actor in the film who wouldn't come out of his hotel room until they did the hotel room up to his satisfaction. Oh, So he spent two days inside the hotel room. He wouldn't come out <laughs> until, they, until, until they fixed the room fixed up. Fixed the room. Yeah. So yeah. this kind of thing does happen. a diva happen. moment. So Charlie Day plays this guy. He's not very nice. He dies. He passes away. Uh, so the producers go, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this film? They're walking down the street one day. They see Charlie Day playing another part and he plays this mute who's just out of hospital because they can't afford to keep him in the hospital anymore. So he's basically living on the streets. They realise he looks exactly like like the actor who has just passed away in the film. So they go, OK, let's get him. We'll finish the film and we'll get him to, to, to portray the part. The problem is he's mute, he can't talk, and he has the level of intelligence, they say, of a five-year-old. Um, so he has, he has no idea how to act, so he keeps, <laughs> he keeps looking at the cameras, he keeps falling over, he has no idea how to act appropriately in front of the camera. The problem is, is that the two actors that uh, he's co-starring in the film, Kate Beckinsale and Adrian Brody, think this is extraordinary. This is a new way of acting. This is amazing. They think this is a new avant-garde kind of performance. So then they start performing that way. And then, of course, the producers realise when they finish the film, it's rubbish, it's terrible, they have to put it out. They put it out, it's a huge success. And so then the film kind of deals with that success and how he then has to deal with it because he's a simple man. He has no idea what's going on around him. But, of course, the excesses of Hollywood, the, the, the ego of Hollywood, the, um, the, the, the agent's desperate need to earn money, um, the ridiculous of behaviour as we've just discussed on actors and uh, all of that is kind of displayed on screen whilst he's doing basically Charlie Chaplin 
Um, although I thought it was more like Harpo Marx, to be honest with you. People said it's a very Chaplin-esque kind of performance because he is mute, he is silent. Um, the problem with it is is that it's not necessarily particularly funny. And it has a terrible rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm not going to talk about that because I actually, actually thought it was an interesting film. I thought it was fascinating to look at. I thought it was very, very interesting. And I love films that look at Hollywood that way. He is very, very good in the film, as is everywhere. All his buddies from Horrible Bosses are in it. You've got Jason Sudeikis, you've got um, uh, Jason Bateman and others have all uh, decided to uh, make appearances in the film. So the performances are all very good. It's a bit ridiculous at times, unfortunately, because he's trying to bring that kind of Chaplin-esque kind of slapstick to it, and it doesn't necessarily really work. I wish it was funnier, but it is fascinating, and it is extraordinary to watch. So I'm, I'm going to recommend this one as well, although it might not be everybody's cup of tea. So Fool's Paradise, uh, rating-wise? I give that an 8 as well. Eight, oh, it's good this week. 8 out of 10 for both. Mark, thank you for that. And we'll chat to you next week. Mark Malone with our movie review. That's it for this week for Cork Today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced. I'll chat to you on Sunday morning from 10am with the Irish Sunday while John Green is on the Irish Sunday in West Cork. So until Sunday morning, enjoy your weekend. I'm John Paul McNamara and we'll chat next week as well here Monday 10am with Cork Today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.